Yorkie in the pistol. Now Collins stands next to him in the shotgun. Yorkie asks for it and now has it. Yorkie will throw across the middle. Got it complete. Cody Rice behind the Wolverines. He dives. Touchdown, Michigan State. He split the defenders and the Spartans strike first in Ann Arbor. This is Spartan Red Zone, your source for the best MSU and college football analysis, picks, banter, and anything else going on in the college football world. Here's your host, Brian Collins. Welcome back into Spartan Red Zone. Ryan Collins, Eric Bach, Nathan Stearns, and Danger Joe Dandron. And we're going to start with Joe Dandron because he's got to leave the pot a little bit quickly. But your Cleveland Browns last night. I, maybe one of the most preposterous football games I've ever watched in my entire life. Joe, how are you feeling during that? I'll tell you one thing, man. Victory Monday feels really good, especially <laughs> when the team was... I'm sorry, but Juju Smith-Schuster shouldn't just, I mean, that was bulletin board material when he put that quote out there. That's his fault. He poked the bear. And granted, the Steelers did not, the Steelers handed that game to the Browns early on. Yeah. I mean, four turnovers. I mean, right away, that fumble in the end zone, it was like, okay, let's go. 7-0 lead. You get, they deferred, get the 7-0 lead. Just what, I mean, hey, it's, I couldn't believe what I was watching. Not to burst your bubble, but had the Steelers played like half as well or half as poorly as they did in the first ha- first quarter, the Browns would have lost. I'm just telling. You. I I tried to. I, I, I don't Browns know. I I don't know. I thought Eric that team went one in four going into the playoffs. They were not the same team they were in the first eleven. I'm weeks. just and saying, Joe. I don't had... think they. I don't think regardless that they win that game. I thought the Steelers Steelers were going to win because it's the Browns. Yeah. But from the jump, you could tell that Cleveland was. There was one team that was ready to play that football game, and there's one team that wasn't. And the, the team that Steelers. was ready won. I don't, no, I don't want to hear a... that. They out completely outplayed the Steelers. Completely. Every the Steelers game. handed the first quarter to them on a silver platter. Then the last three quarters beat the brakes off the Browns. I'm just saying. I mean, hey, they still won by, what, 48-37 was the final? Doesn't matter. Still won the game. Hey, hey Joe, Go just arrowhead, en- enjoy, enjoy this week. Because yeah, it, yeah, yeah, Patty Mahomes. It was fun coming. while it lasted. Yeah, Patty yeah, Mahomes Patty Mahomes. Put the hey, no, right put, us in, put, put us in Arrowhead. See what happens. Just see what happens. We're you guys gonna have see, your We're gonna see what. We're gonna see Is what that's happens. That's how Ward gonna be able to play. Yeah, Ward will be back. Stefanski will be back. Gonna be a little bit healthier on the O line. You'll have Antonio okay. back. Supposedly, needs the starting center. Conklin should be back. Their we'll backup see. left guard, who stepped in and did a good job, should be okay. They'll be Eddie's fine. Go for four fifty and four touchdowns just for fun. Okay, I, Eric, come on, Eric. Eric, Eric, Eric let let Eric, him enjoy just today. Maybe on Sunday. Eric, Eric, Eric you're a Lions fan. You can't give me this. Dude. You got to give me this tonight. You got. You have to. You have to give me this one. Just. I just love stop. That, Just shut up. Just shut up. It makes me mad that you're saying this right now because they outplayed the Steelers last night. I don't care. It was twenty-eight nothing. And guess what? One of those teams won the division. The other team didn't, and we still were up twenty-eight nothing after the first. So whatever. Love it. So love it. Love the fire, Joe. But what's it called? As a Lions fan, I did a, I was like, good for the Browns. Hey, it fellas, also made me is, self-reflection that the Lions stink. But go this ahead. Is, this is podcasting 101. Poke the bear. Yeah. Yeah, you got to get some confrontation. Other than that, on that Sunday, did you guys watch the Nickelodeon broadcast? I, I know Stearns has got some tapes on this. I, I can imagine. I just thought it was funny. I really did. I, lo- I, lo- I love the F-bomb halfway through the game because I can imagine you had <laughs> – 15 eight-year-olds asking mommy what is this 
What does that wonderful four-letter word mean? I like that and the, the young Sheldon with every – there was that was. little young Sheldon graphic every time there was a false start or a penalty. I thought it was funny. And then the slime, I mean, it was a little goofy, but it was a, it was a change-up. No, so I, I actually liked it. I really did. Like, I kind of liked it because, first of all, the play-by-play guy was awesome. Like, I, I think that's Ian Eagle's son. I believe so. Yes, I don't know. it is. No, he, he was Eric's fantastic. Upset about that. Eric's upset about no, that. No, I was not upset about that. Turk was upset about oh, it. Oh, okay. Sorry. Well, I thought he was good. He was fantastic. He is good. Yeah, he was uh, really he's good. Probably a little bit of a product of nepotism, but you know what? Who cares? He, he's really guess, good. So yeah, give was, the guy credit I, yeah. where credit is due. He's yeah. really good. So yeah, good he, for you, Noah Eagle. He was fantastic. Yeah. I, I, and Nate Brillison was really good too. I thought it was oh. so funny though that they just put in. Like this, I, I've never heard of this girl. I'm assuming she's like a Nickelodeon star, like of the, like this year, like it's like the Tori Vega of like 2020. It's some she she's got to be in some sort of Nickelodeon show like that. She knew nothing about football, and I found it hilarious. Yeah, like everyone right. who got like mad about like if you're gonna get mad, like just watch Nance and Romo if you don't want people that don't want. Yeah, it was football. awesome. I, yeah. You know what you're gonna get when you turn on Nickelodeon for the NFL playoffs. I mean, come on. And the fact that the first down marker was at least a yard and a half too far every time was unbelievable. I, I don't know. And the slime zone I thought was funny. But other than that, I mean, Wild Card Weekend is, like, weird because you're like, oh, this is the best football weekend of the year. I kind of disagree with that because, I, I mean, being college football guys like we are, I, 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 I personally think it's like when you're in that, like, week eight stretch of the NFL – and it's like like week ten of college football, and there's some big games that weekend. I think that's the best weekend in football. But I mean, it, it, you can't argue though a three day stretch better than that. You get a super wild card weekend with six NFL games in two days, and now we got the national title game on Monday, which we're going to talk about here in a few seconds. But Joe Dandron, you got to go to a meeting, and as a resident Buckeye in the podcast, Buckeyes hey, are plus nine. I got to give Joe credit where credit is due. He was the only one on Ohio state in the semifinal. And I think we were all pulling for Ohio state, the same thing but, would I, happen. but I, we just didn't think that they had it in them. So I will say congratulations, Joe. I think you just picked them out of complete fandom and complete passion for the Buckeyes, but you know what? No, I didn't actually. A right pick is a right pick. So good for you. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure. Well, I mean, I also, Eric, that was part of my grand scheme of picking against everybody. Cause I knew if I got that game right, I probably would win. And yeah, Joe did win. Joe, I don't want to tease the pick them, but yes. yeah. But Joe's not going to be here, so we'll congratulate Joe. You, Joe won the pick for the second straight year in a row. Me, Eric, and Nathan will give our picks a little bit later. But, yeah. Dandron, from what you saw against Clemson and just how, I mean, Trey Sermon is, I mean, he's a piece that I didn't think Ohio State fans expected to be this, like, crucial. He's just not – he's really, really nice. I think he can play at the next level. He's really good. Fields really guts the effort against Clemson. They could do whatever they wanted to on the offensive line. Do you think they'll be able to do that against Alabama? Andrew? Talking to you, Joe. Hey, sorry. This meeting's coming up. I was looking at something. Um, Good to know that we're second fiddle, Joe. Good to know. What? We're trying to congratulate you. I have too much going on. trying to congratulate you for winning the pick'em. He's just like got the thousand yard stare going on the Zoom. Oh, hey, well, you know what? It happens like that. Huh? So, but do you, you I, think Ohio State can play with them? I, it depends on the COVID stuff, like who's out, who's not. I don't know if there's any problems with that, but Alabama is just so good. But 
the last time these teams played was that Zeke Elliott, Cardell Jones run. And I mean, they were an underdog in that game too. Ohio state was, I, I like the Buckeyes to cover nine. I don't know if they can win, but I know they will cover that spread. Okay. okay. He knows it. I'll, uh, Joe, I'll let you go. Thank you for winning the pickup hey. again with the least effort into the pod. It, it's always satisfying to lose to you by like more than 15 picks. I mean, it's uh, maybe you guys, maybe you guys prepare too much for the picks. <laughs> You're Dude, honestly, too much it, I mean, I well, Eric, I think there's the a method to the Joe went, Joe went like 50 and 38. That's a I pretty good year. 50 and 38 is a pretty, yeah, it's, it's an impressive, impressive number. So, is. May, which may, it, is surprising by all measures. It is surprising. <laughs> But okay, Miracles we'll see you next seen. week on the pod, Joe. Enjoy your meeting. Thanks for I will. letting us always I, no, know. I, pre- I appreciate fiddle. the boys. I'm glad we still got I'm so glad we still got another pod because I will be fully present for that. Yes, one. okay. Hey, um, we'll see you the rest of the show. But hey, score prediction for the Bucks game, too. I'm going 45 43 Ohio State. Get one touchdown pass. Okay, good number. 43 doesn't make any sense, but okay, we'll see you. Uh, okay, we're going to talk about a little bit more than just Ohio State and Alabama game. We kind of did a bullet extravaganza last episode. If you listened, I, I'm curious, how much did you guys watch? Because I, I watch a whole lot of it, and, 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 and people were like, the bowl season didn't feel the same. That there was less bowls, whatever. I thought it honestly, it was one of the things that gave me a sense of normalcy over this winter break. Go ahead, Stearns. No, Collins, you're right. For me, it depends. It just depends what games are on. Like, I'm obviously, if it's a Big Ten or it's two Power Five matchups, I'll normally tune in. But if it's one of the smaller bowls between the group of five schools, I won't normally tune in. It just really depends for me what I have going on. But if it, like, when it was Indiana Ole Miss, of course, I tune in for that. I You know, you tune in for Northwestern Auburn. Those are the games that I like watching that obviously aren't the – uh, college football playoff semifinal and final matchups, but I'm those little like the taxlayer.com bowl and the Gasparilla bowl and the uh, well, not I guess the Popeyes Bahamas bowl wasn't whatever, but like games like that, I'm not as big of a fan of to be honest with you. you know, you can't you can't rouse enough interest for me to watch Southern Miss take on Tulane, I just don't care. <laughs> Okay. I what's the were you surprised by anything you saw this bowl season? I mean, you were on the podcast talking about how you didn't think Indiana was in a store with Ole Miss, and you're you're completely right. You're spot on. That was a beautiful take by you, Nathan. So anything you you were surprised, maybe a conference being a little weaker than you thought, or maybe a team that you were surprised that played up to the level of their competition. I just Man, what a bad ending for Indiana. You mentioned it. That was something that, I mean, that's a storybook season. That might be as good as it gets and you go out that way. And, of course, man, Wake Forest should have won at B of A. I'm still mad about that. They, oh, my God. Talk about a guy single-handedly just giving a game away. Yes. Who's Sam Hartman? Wake, yeah, Wake Forest. That was unbelievable. Back. It was on. It was just turnover, 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 turnover. It was like it, it was a lot like the pinstripe bowl last year. But I, that's their kind. That's normally the, those kind of really ugly games, and that was a home game for Wake Forest too that they lost. So, man, that hurt. But other than that, I mean. I wasn't particularly surprised that Northwestern beat the brakes off. Auburn. I they look good. They look good. I I, Auburn's sense, though, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, I, I, you kind of learn to 
not pig against Patty. I mean, yeah. that's, uh, well, that's one of the best defenses in the country in defense travel. So when you can play defense like that, you're going to be in in a lot of different games. But you know, not really. I mean, the Big Ten was they had a sort of a middling showing. Yeah. Um, but obviously with Ohio State doing good, I wanted Ohio State to win just because it looks good for the conference. Yeah. I mean, they have, it, 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 what, what was the year OSU won the title? 14? Uh, yeah, 14. Yeah. Was it? I thought it was 14. Okay, yeah. It so, a year after State beat them in 15. And there was like the always hear about how the Big Ten will get the, the Big Ten gets the final four seed, and then they end up getting their brakes blown off by either the one or the two. So it's a good, it's sort of a good barometer, and it kind of validates the extreme measures that went in to not only put Ohio State in Indy, but to put them in the semifinal and then put them in the national championship because that was a big point of contention. I mean, if you're if you're gonna Walk into the semifinal when a lot of nobody else made the accommodations that you did. Nobody else, there was no other six, seven win teams in the college football playoffs. I still think they deserve to get in regardless, but in terms of like nobody, nobody cut, nobody made exceptions for Clemson, Alabama, and part of that was conference related, but they showed it. Like you don't want to go out there and lose by 40 because then the questions get louder. That yeah. was a vintage Ohio State performance, and I know we'll get into that later, but Trey Sermon ran like a man possessed in Justin Fields. Looks like the number two overall pick in the draft. So well, that was just – I didn't know if you had Ryan Day coaching or Urban or Jim Trestle or even Woody because that, that was awesome. That really was. You can't, was. you can't measure, you know, draft stock by one game, but I would imagine that those that thought the gap between Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields was wide probably kind of got a little bit of a reality check from the sugar bowl. Like that is, you said you used the word vintage Stearns. That is a vintage performance by Justin Fields. I mean, he got cracked by Skalski. Yeah. When Skalski got ejected for targeting. Which about, Eric, what you think about that call? I was going to ask you. By the letter of the rule, it's the correct call. Do you, now, what, are they ever going to change it where there's like a level one targeting and a level two? was going to be my next point. I think that they need to change the rule. I'm fine with them penalizing that, but I think that having an ejection as the penalty for all types of targeting is too much. Like Skowski, the that rule is designed to protect the attacker, not yeah. the attack. Well, it's designed to protect both parties equally. And I think people forget that too. Like that's as much about Skowski's safety as it is Fields' safety. And so I I was, I mean, they they adjudicated the rule properly. So I have no beef with good the, word. You can have that's a ref word. You can okay. have um you can have a beef with the rule, but you can't have a beef with how the refs called it because they just followed the rule. And um, so I just think that Ohio state and we can talk about this a little bit later, but Ohio state was, they, they talked, they walked the walk. Yeah. All really they could do most of the season was talk the talk. And, you know, they, they got their revenge on Clemson and revenge. I think we're undervaluing, revenge yeah like people it wasn't talked about a lot about oh it's just business as usual ohio state took what happened last in last year's playoff personal 
Like yeah. they knew that last year they were the better team and that they, as the better team lost to Clemson, who was worse. And I think it was more, you know, not necessarily just getting revenge on Clemson, but redeeming themselves, you know, and they, they, even if they lose tonight to Alabama, they totally have done that in my opinion. Okay. On the flip side, Eric, you've been a big Notre Dame guy the whole year and everyone after Notre Dame gets handled by Alabama. I I mean, they didn't get embarrassed, embarrassed, but it it was never a game. Alabama had that game in control the entire time. And and, and then you hear the people say ban Notre Dame from the playoff. They can't compete with it. Like we've seen this time and time again. And this is part of the thing where I I don't want to see the playoff expand is because we can't even get, like, two good games on it. Like, know what I mean? I, I, and you can make the argument, like, maybe A&M should have been in there. Well, but, like, I, I didn't think A&M – like, you watch A&M play UNC. Guess what? Notre Dame handled them when they played. That that Regardless of the score, that Texas A&M game, UNC should have won that football game. They, they, I mean, they were in control of that game for the majority of that third to fourth quarter, and then they kind of let it slip away. I'm curious to see what you guys think. Like, are you out, like, on the whole, like, oh, Notre Dame can't get in because their past performance and stuff like that? I just think Alabama is just that good. Like, I don't, I, you put anyone in that four spot, they're going to get handled like that, unless you're the Ohio States or the Clemsons. I totally disagree with the notion that Notre Dame should just be left out because of their past performances. So, to, to counter your point about not expanding the playoff, Collins, you know, we might get a couple of stinkers in the one versus eight or two versus seven games, but three versus six and four versus five. I mean, there, yeah, there's not much parity at the top. I mean, it's, it's Clemson, Alabama and Ohio state as the upper echelon tier one, a of college football right now. Um, Oklahoma has kind of been there, but they haven't had the playoff success. Georgia sniffed that group but they took a step back this year. And, um, but after that, there's a whole lot of parody. Like you throw Notre Dame and Texas A&M on the field. I think that's going to be a hell of a game. Like a Notre Dame, Texas A&M four versus five quarterfinal. I mean, sign me up for that. Yeah. I mean, so I just think that the parody will be more evident when the playoff expands because right now the playoff seems to be this elitist thing, which it is. And because, you know, it's Alabama, Clemson, Ohio state, and some poor PAC 12 team, some poor big 12 team or Notre Dame, that's the playoff every year, you know? And so, or maybe Georgia will sneak in there too sometimes when they're good. But I just think that expansion is the only way to make it more inclusive and and create a better product because you no team is going to put up more of a fight than Notre Dame did in the semifinal. It, yeah. Cool. I in that four or five range, like ain't you already saw what AM did against Bama and I get it was in Tuscaloosa, like whatever, but like, I think it would have seen more of the same. It's just Alabama's offense was too much. I completely agree with you there, Eric, but I, I mean, moving on, I'm trying to think if I have any more, like spicy hot takes or what I saw from bowl season in the games I've watched. Um, I was impressed by Northwestern. I said that a little bit earlier and I know Auburn, not the best team in the world, but I mean, Fitzgerald did a really nice job. That was a really nice bounce back year after a disaster almost a year before because they had expectations last year and they went three and nine. 
So uh, for Fitzgerald to come back and have the year he had just shows that like with a testament, how good of a coach he is. Um, Cincy, we can talk about those group of five teams. Uh, who did you, at, at the end of the year, wrapping it up, who do you think was the best group of five team? I think it was BYU. I truly believe that. Uh, and, and I know that sounds crazy. Coastal Carolina beat them and all that stuff. I just, as good as Coastal Carolina played in its BYU, I think, I don't know. what It's just eye test. I think BYU with Zach Wilson and all the other weapons they had on the offensive side of the field was just better than Cincinnati. I tr- yes. If they played on a field, I think they're better than Cincinnati. This might be a hot take. I want to hear what you guys have to say. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say this. Stern said it earlier. Defense travels. That is what Cincinnati is. That is yeah. the bread and butter of Cincinnati. And in those big games, defense usually beats offense. So Stern's. I'm gonna let you have the floor, but I strongly disagree with the notion that BYU is better than Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati is the best group of five team, and I don't think it's very close. I don't think Georgia is that was, good. I was I, thinking I, of, like oh, you, the Georgia team that they beat. This is the biggest thing for me. This is a completely different Georgia team with JT Daniels. This is a Georgia team that, frankly, it's going to come down between them and Bama next year. It's good. That's those are the two teams that are going to have a chance to win the SEC. And I don't think if you put BYU, Coastal Carolina, I don't think they're within ten of Georgia. That Cincinnati really, in my opinion, should have won that game. No, they should have. They were better the whole game. They were better the whole game, and that was just – that you choked it at the end. Fickle choke it at the end. That's a game that Cincinnati fans are going to be wishing they had won for a long time because it was right there. But that is a very good Georgia team, a Georgia team that was on a definite upswing toward the end of the year. It's amazing what happens when you can actually get a respectable quarterback, but I got to go with Cincinnati too. I just – I don't think BYU could have – really hung with them I I don't know if Zach I mean the problem with Zach Wilson is it's easy to get 500 yards when you're playing Barbara Scotia University which by the way is a tiny liberal arts college in Concord that was constantly under audit by the federal government because they never had enough students but anyway um good history lesson there wow no, but the, I, I got to go with Cincinnati here in Coastal Carolina. I would have picked them if they would have been able to beat Liberty, but since they kind of wet the bed a little bit against Liberty, I, I, I'm with Eric here. Okay. I, I, I don't know. I just want to get that out there. I mean, and I, guys, that was a home game for Georgia. It was played in Atlanta. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I, I mean, those. I don't think Georgia's like that, that good. And those non, I mean, those mid-major teams will always have the advantage in those teams just for motivation purposes. And I, I don't know. I don't know. That's just my spicy hot take ever, ever. I mean, once I started saying it, I kind of like didn't believe what I was saying. So we're just going to move on and act like I did not say that BYU is ah. But yeah, let's do the national title game. And first, and we kind of already discussed Ohio State Clemson game. Dabo, yikes. Tough look for Dabo. Do you – I'm not going to say it's just like the downfall of Clemson because it's not. They're the ACC – they own the ACC, and until someone proves they can beat them in the ACC, they're going to be in the playoff probably every single year. And, and they got the dudes and whatever. From a PR standpoint and just like a public perception of what Dabo is, this year hurt. I, I 
like, I don't know. I don't know if they go on the recruiting trail and they're just top five regardless anymore. Is that, am I wrong? Does that Dabo look like an kind of like an idiot almost this year? I was such a Dabo guy going into this season. I think he's a good I'm coach too. So, and, oh yeah, yeah. He's a great coach. Yeah. I'm so out on Dabo the person now. I mean, from the way that he greeted COVID with such a brashness, the way that he, you know, just basically talked down to everyone else in the ACC, which I guess technically he has the right to. No, he does. I mean, they as you said, everyone. Collins, Clemson owns the ACC and will continue to probably as long as Dabo's the coach. Yeah. But, I mean, I just think that he got his. He really yes. I, like, that's what I'm curious. I don't know where they go from here because Lawrence announced that he's going to the NFL draft because Alabama, as good as they've been every like three to four years, they have one of those years where they go like 10 and two and they're like randomly playing in a capital one bowl. They hammer on a Michigan or a Michigan state team. And then they regroup for three years in their studs. I'm curious to see after Clemson's had basically three generational quarterbacks back to back to back the last 10 years if they're going to find that luck still. Like, I mean, you look at Michigan. They get five-star recruits everywhere on that quarterback room, and guess what? It hasn't panned out. And I know Dad was an actual good coach, so I'm not going to, like, go there. But I'm just curious. We probably should talk about that guy's contract. Yeah, we should probably talk about Jim Harbaugh, too. And and Nathan Stearns, you've probably looked at the contract details. Who wins this extension, Jim Harbaugh or the University of Michigan? Neither one of them win because they both want out. They just don't have enough guts to admit that they want out. Yes. <laughs> I, so right. It's true. It's right. You're right. Lord Manuel doesn't want to admit. They saddled their train six years ago. They saddled their train and they mortgaged everything. This is one of those things where it's kind of like being in a relationship where you know that separating would be the best thing, but you just don't have it in you. You have a kid. There's a sense, yeah. of, uh, there's a, a sense of stability. Gotta have the kid to save the marriage. Yes, yes. <laughs> you're, you're, you're staying together until the kids go off to college, sort of thing. Yeah. And I just, I almost think this is a way of Michigan quietly resigning the fact that they're throwing away national title aspirations. That's the only way I can think of this is that they're, this is their waving the white flag and saying, okay, we're okay with eight, nine wins a year because he, his salary gets cut in half. There's more. You think they should be, though? Talent wise, talent wise, they should be a national title contender. But you think so? It, yeah, you're the you always have a top five, top ten recruiting class. If nothing else, should be one or two years when you win the Big Ten and you're at least in the college football playoff. I mean, they were they were recruiting right on par with Clemson, with Ohio State, with Alabama. They're right there, but. The, the facade that is Michigan football is kind of a joke. I mean, other than 1997, tell me what you did. Yes, you made it to 85,000 Rose Bowls under Bo's, under uh, under Bo, when Bo was fighting Woody for Big Ten supremacy. But the problem is, whenever you hear, we have the most wins in college football history, you're talking five, six titles before World War II when you were playing Holy Cross and Oberlin. I mean, that, that's kind of what Michigan football is built on. But they've been relevant anyway. in 15 years. They really haven't. Ever since they lost that game in the horseshoe, they really haven't been like relevant, relevant nationally because they have not been able to win the big games. And, Sterns, I think you said it 
perfectly. I think with Harbaugh right now, they're I don't think they're like scared to let Harbaugh go and go out and find another coach because that's what Michigan's a very attractive job. There's a lot of money. They have great facilities and they have good history. Like that, th- those are three things that are never going to change in Michigan, but it, it, you're right. It's kind of like they're just dipping their toe and they're just like, okay. I mean, your buyout's only $3 million after this year. Like, know what I mean? Like if he doesn't have a good year, he's gone. Like I, I think the writing's on the wall there. Like they only got paying $3 million for a program like Michigan. I mean, what's called Steven Ross is out there in his sock drawer. Like he can make that happen. Like, I know what I mean? I don't know. I, I and for the expectations for Michigan, you're right. Stearns. I like the way they recruit and they go out nationally and they are a national brand. They really are. They are a national brand. You should be able to win a bid 10. You should be able to get the college football playoff. I think it's unfair uh, uh, of people that expect national titles maybe, but you're right. They should be able to get to Indy. That, and I don't think it like Harbaugh is going to do that for them. I just, I, I think the ship has sailed and I think it's kind of a loser mentality to keep him around right now. But I'll tell you one thing. I think Michigan state and Ohio state fans are also talking a little bit too much about Harbaugh, them liking all those tweets about him returning. Harbaugh can coach. I, I, he's not a bad coach. I just don't think it's worked out at Michigan. I just, it, it just hasn't. And that falls on Harbaugh. The people he's brought in, I think hiring Josh Gaddis put the program back, I think, like two to three years. I think their offensive steam stinks. It's horrible. You can talk about Don Brown, but like, I mean, Don Brown had years where they had like top five defenses. Like, they, like, no, I mean, like, he was serviceable until they got in the big games. I, I don't know. Eric, do you have anything else on this before we move on to the national title game? Stearns hit the nail on the head. Uh, they, the only reason why Jim Harbaugh is still the football coach at Michigan is because neither side is willing to give up on the dream of the Michigan man, Jim Harbaugh, leading them back to the promised land. Um, I, I don't, I think it's just that simple. Yeah. And they've had five years of mediocrity by Michigan standards, and they'll probably have five more years of mediocrity by Michigan standards. So, as Michigan, I, as a Michigan State about to be a Michigan State alum, I'm fine with that. Yeah, and I, I, I think most are because uh, I don't know. It, it's it, there are the weird point. I don't know. I, I could. I don't know what their roster details and everyone. They don't seem like they're going to contend for a Big Ten championship next year. So it's kind of like we're just ho- holding on another year, and then we're going to do our separate ways. But whatever, let's move into the national title game. As we're starting to talk about that Clemson-Ohio State game, and we already kind of touched on it, so we'll just get into the Ohio State-Alabama matchup. Uh, is it going to be a video game? I I, I, I saw something on Stop and Pelt last night where I think it was Joey Galloway. So I think it could be 50 to, like, 45. Like, it could be – and I don't think they're wrong. I And I don't – like, I think this Alabama defense is solid – but like Ohio State's out weapons, what like legit pieces, and, and, and they're gonna be able to store the ball. And, and, and if their offensive line plays the way they did against Clemson, I, I, I think this is gonna be a very close football game. I don't know. I Alabama is the immovable object for me. I mean, I have a hard time seeing how Ohio State. I don't know how you can play like that again. I mean, everything yeah, they, they played the perfect right. game. You're right, Stearns. 
and the bulletin board material, there's not as much for Ohio State. You beat your nemesis. You beat the coach that was talking trash about you. You beat the coach that said you were the 11th ranked team in the country, or you should have been. You beat the coach who said that nobody, that you guys cut corners and you didn't deserve to be there. So for me, it comes down to if Trey Sermon runs like a man possessed again, they have a shot. But if this is a game that Fields has to win through the air on Olave and, and zeroes in on Olave and a couple other guys, I just, Alabama beat Notre Dame by 17 and they could have won by 30. They looked like they were disinterested half the game. Like that's how good Alabama, this Alabama team might be the best of our lifetime. They are that good. I, as good as Ohio State's been, I think this is where the run ends, guys. I just, I can't see a way. This could be a, I don't, it's not going to be, national championship games aren't normally 45 to 40 sort of barn burn. I mean, the closest team Alabama's played in, that's what they've been. Like Clemson, Deshaun Watson, the first time they played, it was like that. And the second time they played, it was kind of like that too. But like what championship game, whether it's the Super Bowl, whether it's any other big football game, do you know where it's a barn burner? It just these games normally. Yeah, just, you're right. There's you're not right. like a, and I think both defensive units have a little bit too much pride. It's not going to be a 45 to 40 game. Mid 30s, I could see, but it's not going to be a 55 to 50 sort of just, just kind of barn burner video game Madden, you know, Bo Jackson sort of score. But I, I, I'm thinking along the lines of like 38. I don't know, like 38-24 Bama, something like that. But I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I just can't imagine how Fields has another performance like that. That was a performance for the ages. And it's hard to to catch lightning in a bottle twice. Here's the difference for me. Ohio State does not have anybody to cover Devontae Smith. And And Sean Wade is competent, but I mean. uh, What's his name? Sertan for Alabama. The, the corner who is, they say, could be Saban's best corner at Alabama. Even though, which is, yeah, which they've is had some like good guys. They've had wild. Some the draft. I mean, oh, he's, he's so good. I mean, the weird thing is Alabama corners have like not hit in NFL, which is odd, but you're right. You're right. He's awesome at the college level. So he's going to be on Olave, and Olave is going to probably have a couple of big plays, but I just, I think that Ohio State is on a mission to prove to the world that they belong. And they've already done most of the heavy lifting in that regard with their performance against Clemson. I, I'm with Stearns. I think Alabama is ultimately the immovable object, but I think that it's going to be really close. I think I just Alabama is going to find a way in the end to, to get it done, but Ohio State in my opinion, is going to give them a run for their money. And, and Bach, you kind of mentioned it, that, that Sean Wade, Devontae Smith matchup. I'm oh. wondering, I, I, I don't, I, by the way, Devontae Smith won the Heisman Trophy, as everyone's listening at, everyone basically knows. Good for him. He seems like a really good dude. There was like a story about the letter he wrote to his professor at Bama, got him on the field, her on the field, excuse me. Seems like a really good guy. Good for him. Um, if you're a Lions fan, you might want him in the Honolulu Blue next year because you're going to be around that range where he's going to get selected. So, um, Sean Wade and him. Sean Wade is good. I mean, he's a first-team All-American. I don't know if that's a correct distinction for him. I 
disagree with that distinction for him. But anyway, I test he gets beat a lot. He can he's susceptible to get beat deep. So I I don't know, but I, I Ohio like Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama are the three programs where they have dudes everywhere, and, and at some point, like in, in these bigger games, they come out to play. Like like on the interior, I think it's going to be a battle on the front. I I don't think either of these teams are going to be able to run the ball quite efficiently, but their passing attacks are just so dominant that like it, it's just something. It's like a video game. It's unstoppable. People uh, forget I, about Najee Harris. Too, yeah, dude, somehow. he's awesome. Like he's awesome. I, how is that possible that that guy flies under the radar? Yeah, and it's Waddle insane. could Waddle could potentially play tonight. I think he – do you think he's going to play? I don't know what's going on there. They keep on saying he's a game-time decision. He's been hurt for three months. You should probably know if he's going to play before the game, right? Well, they're trying not to tip their hand, I think. Yeah. Do you, Also, another thing about that, there was, like, rumors that OSU's had some big-time COVID concerns and, and then people kind of liking it to the fact that maybe that they want more time for Fields, his ribs, or whatever he hurt to heal. I don't really buy into that, but there's not – anyone who thinks, like – if there was major issues, I don't think this game would be played. They would have moved it back. So I'm confident Ohio State's going to have the majority of their starters. And, and, and we'll get into the pits right now. That's why I'm taking them plus nine. I, I, I think nine's way too big. I, I, this just seems like an Ohio State team that the, even if they don't are, aren't able to pull this out, like you said, Bach, Fields played that well. Like Fields is a big-time player. He's a bit like he, he's going to get up and play this. And, and he has a lot on the line too, not just a national title. He, he, like I saw Todd Mache the other day, put him as the fourth rated quarterback in NFL draft. Like there's still perceptions out there that this guy is not to be that good in the league. And I think he has an opportunity tonight to kind of shut some people up and, and make a little bit more money if he wants to. So I, I think Ohio State's uncovering the nine. Nate, I, I think he got an opposite opinion of me. Yeah, I I don't know how you can stop everything that Alabama throws at you. It doesn't matter what you do. I just the talent gap is too big for me. I it, this this That's is what I disagree for, with. I think Ohio State has talent that matches. Well, they have talent, but they don't have a Najee Harris, a Devontae Smith, Mac Jones, and Patrick Sertan. They don't have four guys that could go in the top twenty. I mean, well, actually, probably Najee doesn't go, but regardless, man, I I think it's been a good story for Ohio State, but where's where do you get the motivation if you're Ohio State? You conquered your foe. You conquered the team that knocked you out last year. You shut Clemson up. I think they're due for a little bit of sort of a withdrawal. I really, really do. I, I, I remember. This, this gives me bad memories just thinking about it, but watching Carolina beat the living breaks off of Arizona after they, when we were the two seed in 08 and they blew us out at B of A when Jake DeLone threw five picks, we kicked their butts in the NFC Championship 49 to 15 and then go to Denver and lay an egg. You see that all the time. Yeah. So I think they're due for a little bit of a letdown. And if, if they have a letdown at all, it's going to be a two score game. And Al- Alabama blows out teams without even trying. They will try tonight. And when that team gets up and doesn't shoot themselves in the foot, you can't do anything. I, I'm going to go 38-24 tied. 
I think I think Ohio State has enough pieces on defense, assuming they don't have COVID issues with Tuck Bortle and with Wade on the back end to keep it close for a half, maybe three quarters, but I, there's too many horses for Alabama here. All right. Um, as much as I don't want to go against Stearns, because going against Stearns has proven, when it comes to this sort of thing in the past, has proven unwise. I just, maybe I'm just following my heart here, but I think that Ohio State, I don't think Ohio State is going to win the football game. I don't. I think Alabama is going to win. But I just think that it just feels like it, a game that is going to come down to the last possession. And when Al- if Alabama has the ball last, I trust that offense to get in the end zone or, or get where they need to be. And so I think that it's just nine is too big of a number for me. Um, I think Alabama could win by a touchdown. Um, but I think it's going to be more like a field goal game or a four-point game or something like that because Ohio State is going to pull out all the stops. They, you know, Ohio State, when nobody else believed, Ohio State believed. And I think that even though they had Clemson first, they've ultimately been getting ready for Alabama ever since they got in the college football playoff. Yep. Like, I just think they had that, that confidence about them that they were going, that they, there was no way on God's green earth that they were going to lose to Clemson. And so I just think that Alabama is just the best team in the country. And it's frankly, maybe not even that close, but Ohio state is going in my opinion, going to cover nine and make it a classic championship game. At least that's what I'm hoping for. I am too. I am too. And one thing that we didn't touch on that I actually kind of want to talk about that's not related to the national title game, Steve Starkeesian is the head coach at the University of Texas. Very, I mean, I that was shocking. I, I, I knew Herman was on the hot seat, but I, I thought if Herman was gone, Urban – like Urban's going to come to Austin and like figure this out, but it looks like Urban might be taking the Jacksonville Jadwire's job. Do you think that plays a factor at all? And, and you've seen Saban in previous years, like replace, like Elaine Kiffin got replaced before he took the job at FAU and Sarkeesian came back and called the place for Alabama. Do you see that being a factor at all, mate? I don't like the hire. That's the biggest thing that I okay, took away. Yeah. I, oh man, I, how many guys have you seen from Alabama that ride Saban's coattails and then they go somewhere else and totally. fizzle out? I mean, I mean wasn't great with it. I mean, look at Antonio. he wasn't great with the Falcons. He was okay. I mean, he was okay at USC. Nothing to write home about. He was okay at Washington, but they were always the Huskies were always a seven and five, seven and six, eight and four team. And he would he had what one good year with UCLA when they went nine and four, and. I just, it's just such a mediocre hire. The guy's never won anything. And he's had the potential. It's not like he's been at Barber Scotia University. He's been at USC. <laughs> he's been at Washington. He's been at these places where, no, you don't win national championships. But you, you'll see Washington sneak their way in to a good bowl game every now and then. You'll see USC in years past that they found a way to walk into some of those higher rated new year six bowls, but I don't know. And then, you know, just to touch on urban really quick, I would, 
as enticing as that job is with the first overall pick, with the most cap space in the NFL, the fact that the owner, I don't even know what his name is. I know he's from something Khan. Yeah. The fact that he saying that retains control of the roster would drive me nuts. I mean, you want your GM and your head coach making those decisions together. You don't want your owner saying, this is who we need to sign. This is who we need to sign. This is who we need to sign. That would be a big hamstring. Roster control is huge. Like that's a selling point for a lot of current coaches. Like, especially when just as an example, when Carolina hired rule, the biggest thing now going into this, going into this thing is he might be making the roster decisions, not the GM. And that's how teams are attracting coaches nowadays is you have the final sign off on the roster. When you have to run every decision by some guy who's 85, you know, 85% of his knowledge is in, I don't know what business the guy's involved in, but I can guarantee you that some hedge fund manager doesn't know more about football than Urban Meyer. Like that's what would drive me nuts. And if I'm I'm going somewhere else. I, I just, I just, I don't think it's going to work at the NFL level. That's just me. I think what makes him great is just the aspects of the college game that he is just honed. So I, I don't know. I just think the, the best qualities of Urban Meyer are just built for the college football game. That's why he's been so successful. So I, I, when Texas opened up, I thought it was like, oh, Urban's throwing there for like 12 mil. They're throwing the book at him. And them hiring Sark, I almost sent just kind of a lateral move. And I know, and if the Texas donors don't like you, it doesn't matter if your name's Tom Herman and you, you've had previous success, you're going to be gone. But I, I think, it, I mean, Sarkeesian's still calling the place for Alabama. I just brought it up because I'm like, that's your focus has to be two different places right now. I'm surprised Saban's still letting them call the game tonight. Yeah, Saban, you said it, the coattail thing is, is, I think Saban's probably getting a little tired of it, you know, having yeah. to shake it up every year, but whatever. I mean, Saban wants to win the national championship, so. Yeah. I don't know. But I, you guys, we got our pits in. We said we were going to do a Michigan State just like overall season, like recap, like grades. We'll do in-depth stuff, maybe some fun questions. We'll do that next week because selfishly, as me, Eric, and Joe are seniors, that might be our last episode. So, for Nate, he's had a whole nother year to do this stuff. So we selfishly wanted to stretch that into an episode by itself because we like doing this so much. But other than that, I think it was a good episode tonight and enjoy the national title game. And the national title game usually, I mean, it's been pretty good over the past, like in the playoff era, at least. Like other than that Oregon-Ohio State game and Clemson-Alabama a couple of years ago, it's usually a pretty solid game, even last year as LSU won going away. That was a solid game going into the third quarter. So enjoy it tonight. We'll see you guys next week for Ryan Collins, Eric Bott, Nathan Stearns, and Joe Dandron. Thank you for listening to SRC. Hope to see you guys next week.